Exciting day. Nick Nelson from Twins Daily is here to talk Carlos Correa, the shortstop market, starting pitching market, maybe some trades, the current roster. So much coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. It's Thursday, December 8th. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker, here with Nick Nelson from TwinsDaily.com. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Nickel, he's back. It's been, I think it's been two years. I think it's been two years. Honestly. It's been way too long. It's been way too long. We used to do the offseason live and we had a good steady thing going. And yeah, well, it's good to be good to be back on. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. And I know everybody's going to be excited about this. I remember it when you came on, I thought of offseason live. And I was like, I remember you sitting there in offseason live. We got We've so had some requests. We've had some requests for offseason live. People yeah. miss it, man. We might have to yeah. try to get some some episodes fired up at Twins Daily again. Here. Jeopardy offseason live. <laughs> Nick has been in Arizona, but I know following along with free agent craziness in San Diego at the winter meetings. Nick, right now, I know it kind of fluctuates, and your feeling on this, I know, throughout the offseason, at least I'm judging based on Twitter, has been kind of uh, skepticism with Carlos Correa. Where do you stand today, your feeling on Carlos Correa, not just with the Twins, but like his free agency overall? Yeah, I think, you know, the skepticism is still there. It's it's lessened over the course of time, just naturally with the Twins hanging in this thing. I mean, how can we, how can we not consider the very real possibility that they are very legitimately serious and hanging in there at a number that is far beyond, I think, what most of us would have even hoped they would, uh, you know, consider to be on their radar at the beginning of the offseason. Um, they're pushing hard. Can they keep up with the Giants and whoever else might still be in play at this time? Still a little hard to believe just when you think about sort of the realities and history of, of this franchise. But um, it's interesting to follow. And it's, uh, you know, you can't ignore the fact that they've gotten this far. We watched uh, a full season of Carlos Correa, obviously known from his Houston days as well. Nick, would you offer Carlos Correa $300 million? And maybe more importantly, the flip side of that is, is that going to be enough? Because it's so hard to even fathom the Twins giving him $300 million. But if you were Derek Falvey and Thad Levine today, would you offer $300 million? And do you think that number will be enough? Well, with the caveat, of course, that it's not my money, I would happily offer that <laughs> amount of money. You know, when I look, think about it through the Twins sort of lens and how they, how they evaluate and think about these things, I, I wrote an article last week at Twins Daily sort of, um, offering up a contract framework that I thought would make sense, you know, in order to maybe to maybe get Korea to choose a lesser total um, amount than he might get offered by the Giants or who have you, um, where maybe you front load the contract in those first four or five years and then include an opt out that would allow him to, if he's very strong in those early years, um, you know, opt back out and then get even more money than he would have gotten on this deal. Um, but still make it like a 10 year deal, maybe where it cuts down to like 30, 25 in the latter half. Because um, I think that's what the Twins are really afraid of, right? They're not scared to play uh, to pay Carlos Correa $35 million short term per season. Uh, it's those years down the line. You know, you see uh, Bogarts and and Turner both get 11-year deals. Um, you're going to be signing Correa into his late 30s at 30-plus million. You know, you can see why they would, they would sort of uh, move away from that. So I think the key lies in finding a framework that sort of minimizes the team, the, the inhibiting nature of such a deal, you know, and I think maybe front-loading it and giving Correa a chance to opt out after making a bunch in those early years is maybe the path to doing it. 
Here's what we got. It's right in the middle of our screen on YouTube. This oh, is wow. Look at how prepared you are. <laughs> year by year, it's $40 million over the first four years, then a player option, then $30 million over three years, another opt-out, $25 million over the final three years. I thought that was uh, very interesting, definitely. And I think looking like at a structure like this, I agree. Like It feels like in the back end, you have less of that risk. If he's only making $25 million in those final three years, it makes sense. And for him, he gets those opt-out opportunities. Uh, I agree. I think that makes sense. Nick, we, we heard on Monday, Dan Hayes dropped a little report, a little scoop, a little leak. Maybe the Twins are open to trading Luis Arise. And I think for people who follow the team daily, like this isn't a huge surprise given what we know about the roster. But like a casual Twins fan who loves Luis Arise, and we do too, might be thinking like, why would they trade Luis Arise? How do you feel about trading Luis Arise, Nick? I'm very on board with it. I know uh, people don't like to hear it. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of pushback, even just from, from bringing up the idea on, on Twitter before even some of these today's rumors started to really boil up. Um, you know, I, I understand that people are opposed to it generally for, for two reasons. Uh, one of them being that they just love the Luis Arise experience, which who among us don't, right? I mean, right. baseball is not all about performance. It's about enjoying what you watch, liking the players you root for. Um, they don't come much more likable than Arise. And that's obviously tough to part with. But, um, you know, I think other people, they see him as an indispensable part of this lineup, which I also get. Um, you know, Arias brings that OBP skills, that contact hitting ability, that sort of top of the lineup spark plug um, that really would, they'd be missing a lot, no question. So, um, you know, I, uh, an idea that I threw out there today that I think would make a lot of sense if they go the route of trading Luis Ar Arias uh, and they miss out on Correa and Rodon is to uh, take some of that free agency money and turn and use it on Brandon Nimmo, who frankly brings all of those skills to the table that we're talking about from Arias. He's a much better player than Arias objectively. Yeah. I mean, he's a great outfielder who can play center field. Um, a lefty swinging outfielder who'd be a nice sort of platoon guy with Buxton. You can give him days off or DH. Um, Nimmo's a very good center fielder. Um, so if they do something like that to offset the loss, which would make a lot of sense to me, I think that's kind of a, a one-two punch you could use. Um, then, then I'd be okay with it. I just think what we saw this year, as great as it was, was the, unless you think that Luis Arias is going to just have this complete evolution as a player here at 26 or 27, which seems unlikely to me, I just feel like we saw the absolute maximum peak of what he's going to be able to do. I mean, there were enough hits dropping in, you know, getting enough singles to lead the league in average. That's not always going to happen. Even the year before, he hits 290 and he's much less valuable. So I just feel right. like if you can get another team to really buy into that, you know, he was an all-star, he's a batting champ. Uh, he got the gold glove or gold glove nomination, which probably had more to do with people being impressed with him going to first base and being capable at a position mm -hmm. he's never played as opposed to being truly excellent. I think if you can really buy, get someone to buy into that steam, uh, I think it's kind of a no brainer depending on what you get back. It's so interesting. Cause there's like this part of me that, that feels that way. And then the other part of me is like, Oh no, he's so like, he's so important to this team. Like he's just, he's a spark plug. They need him at the top of the lineup. I, I, that Nimmo idea is intriguing. And I thought about Michael Brantley in the same scope, but if you were to add a Nimmo that maybe makes Trevor Larnick or Alex Kirloff or obviously Max Kepler more dispensable in a trade for a starting pitcher, which uh, is something to think about. Jorge Polanco and Luis Arise have the same amount of team control. And like Jorge Polanco's, you know, with that extension, three more years. Luis Arise in the ARB process, three more years. Polanco a little bit more expensive, but you get club options. I think on the last two, starting next year, I think it's club options in 2024. But Nick, if if a team, if it was Pablo Lopez or a frontline starter, or a different a different player came and said, "Hey, it's your choice, like Jorge Polanco or Luis Arise, who would you choose out of those two to trade away?" 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this season. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Whether you want to use it on your mobile, on your desktop, on an iPad, any device, it's so easy to use, so easy to navigate at betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And it's not just football. There's baseball free agency odds. If you think the Twins are going to land Carlos Correa, put your money where your mouth is at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. I think I would have to go with the rise just because, I mean, you are getting that, um, you know, you're getting that, that buy high experience, which I don't think you're getting from Polanco um, just because he didn't really have that great of a season. He was hurt at the end of the year. I think he's more of sort of a, a defensive fit, you know, a guy that is very good at second, a guy who you could theoretically play at shortstop. I don't think they want to anymore. Arias, I don't really like him at second. I don't like him at third. He's pretty good at first. He's fine DH. I just, to me, the defensive fit thing is what's really tough, especially because at first base, he's just not a huge standout offensive performer. Um, and, and, you know, other teams maybe wouldn't be as bothered by that, but the Twins have so many guys coming up who are sort of in that ambiguous, vague defensive profile like Austin Martin, like Edward Julian. Um, so I just think when you look at the depth of this organization, Arias is the guy that just, it makes more sense to part with at this time. That's from Nick at Night, everybody on YouTube. Nick yeah. at Night, he's in the dark. If you're if you're listening on the podcast, just know he went from light to dark, and he's I'm gonna, back. Hey, I'm back. back. I'm back. Yeah, my, like my light never light. I have going like is very lie. janky. <laughs> yeah, Nick at Night. Now this is just Nickelodeon during the day here. Nick at Night. Wow, that was great. Clever play. I thought, there. Like, hey, <laughs> so Nick, I know you were in Arizona. I don't know if you saw the figures on all of these guys, but I'm gonna put you on the spot and ask you one free agent who signed, you know, Taiwan Walker, Jamison Tyone, Wilson Contreras, Trey Turner, big group, not everybody, of course, but who's one free agent and deal like attached to said player you would have liked for the twins. Who's off the board now. Uh, that's a good question. Um, there's none of them that I've been like, wow, I really want that. I mean, obviously the numbers have been coming in very high, probably higher than people expected. I think most people were kind of expecting high numbers just as, we sort of catch up from all the um, the pandemic stuff and, you know, sort of account for some of these new revenue deals that are coming in. Um, so, I mean, I guess maybe like Bogert's, I, I, like, I don't really like the length on that deal, but the, but the rate Abreu? is something you How can live with. How about a Abreu three at 60? Because I know we both were, I mean, I was interested and you wrote about him as well. So how about a Abreu on that deal? Yeah, that's a good call. Abreu's probably would be the one just because, I mean, I had sort of two and two and 40 in mind. I mean, this is adding on another year and 20, which is not great for a guy that age. But as we're discussing here, it just it costs a lot to get free agents. Right. And as we're seeing with some of these deals we're talking about, Correa, Bogarts, uh, Turner, you're just going to have to deal with whatever comes on the back end. That's the nature of the beast. Late last night, Xander Bogarts, 11 years. Is that what it was? $275 million to San Diego. Absolutely absurd. Nick and I were in San Diego. So that environment is is un, i have no words for the city i thought the city was just unreal i know you did too but that ballpark like that there's gonna be nuts there that's gonna be so much fun and you can see they make a lot of money there too so right. i know people are comparing like why don't the twins spend like the padres it's like 
I, I don't think they understand the the atmosphere there. It's just incredible. It was unreal. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think that the Padres are sort of an example, a model that a lot of Twins fans and a lot of fans of other sort of mid-market teams would would love to see their own teams follow Absolutely. because San Diego is not a huge media market. I mean, it's it's much smaller than Minneapolis, quite honestly. Um, so this is really a case of ownership stepping up and saying, and AJ Preller, who's their GM, who is Mr. Aggressive, stepping up and saying, we're going to just do what it takes to bring in super premium talent uh, and try to win. And, you know, I mean, I get that people are like, well, the Padres can do it. Why can't the Twins? Well, why can't anyone? I mean, I would love yeah. to see more teams move in that direction, but what they're doing, I know, is baffling a lot of people, like even around baseball, like what is what is their plan? They're going to lose so much money, but maybe that's not the biggest deal in the world. Nick, what does your offseason plan look like now? I know before, I think you had you had posted a couple that was like Abreu with Rodon that like didn't include Correa. Has any of that changed? And what does it look like now for you? Um, you know, I think my ideal still is going to be Correa and Rodon to the extent that that's possible. I would be down to throw all the all the spending money at them basically mm -hmm. and figure everything else out on the fringes. Um, I don't think that's very realistic. Um, so, you know, in under the presumption that they miss out on both those guys, which is which is probably most likely, I think I like the idea of um, if there is a market for a rise where you can get a pitcher of you know pablo lopez who i've heard his name tossed around i mean he's he's on the fringe of a guy that's like good enough as an upgrade to the rotation to me but if you can get someone with a arias led package um if you can make that move turn around and spend some of that money to get brandon nimmo ship uh, max kepler out so you don't, don't have all that redundancy in the outfield um and you know if you can't if you can't get a trade with the rise then maybe it's about turning and finding uh, a Nathan Eovaldi, um, or, or maybe an Andrew Heaney, who I think would be a great fit with the Twins' philosophy. So I think there's still some interesting options, but um, you know, if, obviously if they can't get Correa or Rodon done, it's going to be really hard to have that slam dunk deal that sort of energizes the fan base coming off a tough year. Both Boris clients. We'll see how that plays out. It's just so that that to me is like wow. When it's they're all at the same age, I'm like, how does he manage all that? How does he leverage everybody? It's crazy. We'll see. I don't know. Well, it's funny because back in the day, I mean, I remember a time, this was probably before your time, young man, but <laughs> there used to be a time when uh, a Scott Boris client was someone that every Twins fan automatically ruled out as a target for the mm. team because he had the big money clients. He was Scott right. Boris. He didn't even talk to the Twins. Now it's like an advantage for a guy to be a Boris client because they have such a working relationship with them multiple times, that, which is something that I, I mentioned in another Twins Daily article. Um, Boris has had a lot of these clients that the Twins have waited out and signed late in the offseason. Um, and there's some guys like that this year. J.D. Martinez is a name that comes to mind, um, a guy who could sort of linger in the offseason mm -hmm. and be in that value range for the Twins. Um, so I think that's another interesting thing to keep an eye on. Boris was was talking the other day, and he was talking about how much young talent the Twins have. I, I don't know if this is a greatest all because all those guys are his clients, <laughs> like Royce Lewis. Yeah, Kirloff. he's like Royce Lewis, best player of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got Alex, such good trust. Alex Kirloff. I'm like, we haven't seen it. I mean, I believe in him, but we haven't seen it. Uh, those are his clients. But Nick, do you believe, because I do think that this is a factor in all of this with Correa, with Rodon, do you believe the Twins have a bright future? Because if you look at San Francisco right now, there's question marks and there's question marks with the Twins too. But undeniably to me, the Twins have a, a clear path to the postseason in the AL Central. I, I do think a factor in this is what's coming, what they have now. How would you answer that question? 
I think they're in great position. I mean, I really do. I, I'm higher on the talent in this organization, organization than a lot of people. I really feel like injuries wiped them out. We saw what was coming together in the first half of last year, and it was a very good team. You know, a flawed team, but a team that was well on its way to being a legitimate contender. Um, the injuries just totally derailed it. You know, hopefully, obviously, those injuries, a lot, in a lot of cases, are still something to worry about. But um, they continue to fill the pipeline. I think they got super lucky having Brooks Lee drop to them last year. And now getting the number five pick mm -hmm. out of nowhere in next year's draft, they're going to get two premium talents. Um, and this, this front office has shown an ability to go get guys who can move through the minors pretty quickly. So I, I feel pretty confident, but it's all going to hinge for the most part, I think, on that pitching development pipeline, which we really still haven't quite seen pay off. Uh, and I think that's going to be the big question that needs to be answered in 2023. Um, are free agents buying into it? Are the Twins willing to go out and supplement it? That's, that's going to be what probably Correa and others are going to need to see. It feels like the Twins are are going to need to win the intangible battle with Carlos Correa. Hey, we got we got your friends. We got a, a better farm system. You like Minnesota. I don't know at the end of the day how much he's going to leave on the table to join the Twins. What do you think? I mean, it's so easy as a Twins fan to, to think, oh, he'll do it. He wants to be here. What do you think in reality? Like, is he leaving 30, 40 million on the table to come back? I don't. I couldn't see a scenario where he le like takes a deal that is not as good to him to come here. I could see a scenario like kind of like I mentioned where he he considers deals sort of equal. Like okay, San Francisco's offering three sixty over eleven. Twins are offering mm -hmm. this front loaded deal over over nine, um, where he sees an opportunity to play well and gain even more money, and then mm -hmm. that sort of shifts him over to the Twins. Like I'll leave the guaranteed money. I'll bet on myself and I'll go to a place that I know I like, a, right. a place that I know I can stand out, um, you know, and get the accolades that continue to raise my profile. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. I I'm, I don't know when he's going to sign. I don't know if it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. If it's going to be in January. Nick, you said you're you're feeling good about the talent on this team. I think it's not hard to see it going well, not only in 2023, but like moving forward, if they just have better health and Royce Lewis and Kirilov and everybody stays healthier. What do you think today the strength of the 2023 Twins is? Because usually in, the, in recent years, it's been the offense every year. It's like the lineup. The lineup's the strength. I don't know. I don't know if I could say it's the lineup today. Honestly, going into the at this very point, it might be the bullpen. Uh, you know, they got Duran, they got Jax, who I just saw a tweet of him uh, at some academy throwing 100 miles an hour the other day. Um, you know, they've got Lopez, who I think we all hope and, and expect to turn around. Um, they've got Alcala coming back. They've got Thielbar. I mean, they've got a pretty stacked bullpen without mm -hmm. any additions even being made to it. Uh, and you talked earlier about sort of what are some other offseason paths they could take. I mean, that's another interesting thing to me where I know they don't love throwing money at free agent relievers. I don't either. But if they get later in this offseason, they've got all this money sitting around. Maybe you want to go get like a Craig, Craig Kimbrell or sort mm -hmm. of one of these top names out there and, you know, add them into the mix and really just kind of focus on having a power bullpen, which, in my opinion, jives really well with what this team likes to do from sort of a pitching strategy standpoint. You can win a lot of games with that. And there are some higher upside Zach Britton, Craig Kimbrell, higher upside relievers who are on the free agent market. Not a role as Chapman, but he is a free agent. So he's out there. What do you think is the main weakness of the Twins, Nick? I, I, without Correa, it's probably, for me, it's probably that star power. You're just missing, like, somebody who can take over a game. I know Byron can be that guy. You just can't rely on him to be that guy for, you know, 120 games. So what do you think is the main weakness? Yeah, I think it's the lineup, honestly. Um, you know, if, you if you're losing Correa, which we we're considering in this scenario since he's a free agent, um, you know, Buxton's a great hitter. Um, who else in this lineup is a really proven great hitter? Uh, you know, there's not too many. Polanco is, but wasn't that amazing last year. Mm -hmm. Kirloff has the ability, sure. Um, yeah, but you know, we haven't really Miranda, 
could have a sophomore slump. He was, he was solid. He wasn't incredible uh, mm-hmm. as a rookie. I don't think, you know, so it's like, where are the, where are the big hitters if Korea is leaving? And that's why I think that adding another big bat, um, you know, whether it's going out for a guy like Nimmo, finding a guy like JD Martinez. Um, that's why I love the idea of going and getting Jose Abreu. So um, I think they need to, you know, there's a chance this lineup, if people are healthy, could be good. You know, you get rebounds from Kirloff and, and Larnick uh, and, and Polanco. Uh, and maybe some of these these prospects come up and start doing their thing, but uh, I, don't, I I find it hard to look at this offense and see one that's going to carry a pitching staff that will probably be at best pretty good. Who's your early twenty twenty three breakout pick? We saw some. They're all, they're usually always uh, out of the blue, like they're random. Bailey Ober coming out of nowhere in twenty twenty one. Jorge Polanco honestly had an amazing twenty twenty one this year. Miranda was great for those first couple of months. Griffin Jacks was a breakout in 2022. Guys, you don't really see coming. Obviously, Yohan Duran. But who's your breakout pick, Nick? It doesn't have to be a prospect. It doesn't have to be somebody who's not on the team. It can be somebody who's currently on the roster who maybe breaks out again or breaks out for the first time. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Austin Martin. I think he'll rebound from a really tough year in the minors. He'll build off that momentum of a great Arizona Fall League. Um, you know, he's a versatile defender who can play a bunch of different positions and bring some speed and bring some energy to the table that the Twins would love. Uh, if he wouldn't have had such a tough season, he would have probably gotten several chances this past season. Uh, you know, just bounce back from it. Uh, he's still pretty early in his pro career, so you're going to have some challenges that you need to learn from and get past. Uh, and I think he will. He's super talented uh, and he brings, you know, it's another, I think I mentioned, you know, he's one of those guys that to me makes, not that I would ever say Arise is simply expendable, but uh, he provides some redundancy. He's got a lot of the same skill set as Arias, that low power, high contact, top of the lineup kind of guy who can play a few different positions. He's a wild card in the system now because I feel like Brooksley is going to be a, a pretty good ball player. You never want to put oh, that yeah. stamp, but I think he's going to be good. Royce Lewis healthy. Still a little bit of a question mark because of the health, you know, strictly it feels like. But I think Austin Martin's a wild card. Like if Austin Martin develops and he becomes an everyday really good regular, I think that's going to go a really long way for this team. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Who do you view, Nick? We'll finish with this today. I know throughout the season, it was always the White Sox. It was like, oh, they're coming. They're coming. They're going to go on this run. It's coming. And it never came. It never came. They did have some stretches where they played well. But Cleveland just ran away with it in September. Long term, Cleveland just signed Josh Bell. We know like Andres Jimenez and Oscar Gonzalez and Stephen Kwan, the rookies, great years or early year guys. I think that was Jimenez's second or third year. But who do you view as the more of a long-term threat? Is it Cleveland or Chicago in the central? Uh, I mean, it depends on, you know, is, is what Cleveland just did a sign of things to come? Are they actually going to spend a little money to improve their ball club? You know, the way they develop players, the way they churn out these pitchers uh, it's, it's hard to doubt them until, until someone knocks them off. I mean, the white Sox are starting to make some changes. I don't think they've been run very well over the past few years. Uh, so at this point I'd have to go with Cleveland. I think it looks like they're actually going to maybe, you know, they're getting a new ownership guy in place and maybe they're going to start changing some of these habits it's been hard to watch them with so much core talent do so little to add to it but uh but maybe that'll turn around I, i'm not as down on the white Sox as everyone it's kind of wild to me how low like the projection oh. systems are on them because they still yeah. have a lot of like star caliber players but they've been ravaged and they are kind of moving to that stars and scrubs uh, situation with some financial inflexibility uh, arriving as a result of some of these contracts so uh i, I would go with cleveland it's not always good to extend everybody. A lot of times it is, but sometimes you see the flip side and it's what's happening a little bit in Chicago. I agree. You should see, I don't know if you follow, I think you started following White Sox fans this year, but I, the White Sox fans I follow 
are down on this group. Oh yeah, <laughs> down on They're, this group. Uh... But the vibes are just so bad. Like I understand that the, the vibes are so bad, and I don't know. I mean, maybe they bounce back. I agree with you though. I think I think uh, probably a little bit too low on the White Sox. Should be an interesting offseason. Nick, thank you so much. Thanks everybody for watching. It's we're gonna. I promise next time it's not going to be a two-year gap. So it's not going to be a 2025 podcast appearance. He's going to come back when Correa signed. I'm sorry, my watch. (laughs) When it's Carlos squared, Nick's going to come back and and break it all down for us. Nick, thank you. Have a good night, my friend, and we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Nash.